What's going on, Johnny? Yo, what's up? How are you, man? <laughs> I can't complain. How's yeah. the lighting? Do I look handsome? You look very, very good looking. <laughs> Stop lying to me, man. <laughs> what's going on? You're drinking your pre-workout earlier. You told me you drank a pre-workout. You got all this energy. I thought, you know what? I might do the same. Yeah, I don't do pre-workouts that often. So when I do, I really feel them. I do them all the time. But I still feel them all the time. So it's okay. That's good. I'm going to do... This isn't product placement. I'm just doing a half a scoop just to fire uh, fire myself up a little bit. Do you got a bunch of tea cream in that? In that? This is Hostility. It's got 250 milligrams. A tea cream? Yeah. 40, 40, 40% active? Yes. Yes. You That's exactly do. what I do. I feel awesome for like six hours after I take it. You know you can't do 100% active because it tastes like garbage. Well, the old 30% active tastes like garbage. Yeah. Yeah. So... Anyway, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. Before we get into any of the other stuff I want to talk about, I want to ask you how your health is, most most importantly. How are you feeling? Well, honestly, man, I feel totally normal, which is what makes this whole situation really weird. Yeah. Because, you know, the doctors tell you one thing, but and they tell you how you should feel, but that's not how I feel. Mm-hmm. So, um, so are you training and everything or are you like, dude, I'm training hard. I just did legs an hour ago. I mean, did they tell you, did they tell you to stop training or what did they tell you to do? No, he said, just make sure I I'm doing cardio too. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you, do you think, cause I'm pretty open with my health and everything too. I feel like, you know, my summer, my wife will sometimes pull me aside and say, Hey, you know, maybe you're saying too much. Maybe you shouldn't tell people so much. And I always felt like, I'm helping somebody. I feel like by telling people if uh, my kidneys are having issues or whatever it is, whatever the problem is, I feel like I'm being honest, number one. But number two, somebody out there is going to go, oh, maybe if I get my blood pressure checked early when I'm 25 or 30, I won't have kidney issues when I'm 40. And I feel like it's a help. Do you feel like when you tell people people about your heart or anything like that, do you feel like it's a bad thing or do you feel like you're helping people? Ask me that on the podcast because I got a really good answer I think you'll like. You're on the podcast. We're live. <laughs> oh, we are. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so when I had my heart attack, I, um, it was May 11th. I could have very easily not told anybody. Nobody would have known about it. Yeah. Very easily. But I thought, you know what? I've um, My entire YouTube and my entire career has just been just based on just being me. Mm. And so I went ahead and decided to do a video. Actually, when I got home from the hospital, I'd put that video up. And I got a phone call, not a phone call. I got an email like two months, two months later. And a guy said he was in the gym and he um, felt the exact things that I, that I had described on that video. Yeah. He said, normally I would have just blown it off, but I remembered watching your video and I remember hearing you saying you felt the same way. Mm-hmm. So I called the ambulance and when they took me, took him into the hospital, he had like six arteries that were blocked. Wow. And um, he said, they, they told him if you didn't come straight here, you would 100% be dead right now. Wow. So I thought if nothing else, I might've just helped save one guy's life and yeah. that's worth it. Like yeah. that's worth it for me. Yeah. So I feel like I've taken people's, I've taken a lot, a lot of people said a lot of bad things about me when I posted that, but I feel like I saved a life. 
So yeah. that's worth it to me. That That's kind of what I think. I think there are some people that use it to their advantage to knock you down. But I think the positives way outweigh those few trolls that are going to make videos or whatever they're going to do, right? Like yeah, the amount of messages I get about the blood pressure video or about people getting blood work done because we talk about it so much is probably ways out way outweighs like the trolls. So yeah, for sure. Overall, you, you would agree with me. It's a good thing to be open about this stuff, right? I think it's a very good thing because if you look at, you and I are kind of behind the scenes in the sport and we hear, and we know about a lot of people's problems that exist that nobody else knows about. Yeah. And I think by us being honest, it sheds light on issues. I don't talk about other people's issues, but you know, if we did, there'd be all kinds of stuff flying back and yeah. forth. That's just not our style. But yeah, um, I think that people need to understand there can be issues and there are things you need to do to take care of yourself. So, you know, I, I think it's a real good thing. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. one of the reasons why people take so much stuff now is because for many, many years, nobody was ever honest about it. Yeah. There was a period in the eighties and nineties where everybody just wouldn't talk about it mm -hmm. because of the stigma that got attached to you. Yeah. And then you had all these people come out and just start saying all this outrageous stuff just to generate noise. Part of it was true, but most of it wasn't even true. Yeah. But that's because there was nobody being honest about. It. Yeah. And I think with health, people have hidden things. They've hidden problems. And I totally understand it. Like if someone wasn't, doesn't want to put their health out there and their problems, I totally and respect that. Yeah, yeah. But you just got to realize there is an opportunity there for you to help other people. Mm -hmm. And then it's your choice. I don't think it makes you a bad person if you keep that to yourself at all. And mm -hmm. I, in fact, I totally respect that. But my, my, from my perspective, I thought, you know what, maybe this will make a difference in someone's life. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I can sure as heck tell you making a couple hundred bucks off the video isn't that big of a deal compared to the amount of heat that you take, right? You, oh, no. You I, I, yeah. You and I both know that. It's not about making $150 off a video. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's um, it's just good to be honest with people. One of the the thing you said about the people making noise and talking about astronomical doses and stuff like that, that's part of the reason why I started the podcast. Because I was like, these people are just representing us all in a really bad way yeah and uh i would rather have people know that i had some health issues which look might look somebody might look poorly on me for it rather than have people go watch some other video that's telling them to take everything under the sun right which is not real that's like that's not what we do right so um okay so uh, yeah i agree with you i think i think it's worth it at the end of the day that we're I think it's definitely more of a help than a hindrance. Um, but I want to touch on another point that you mentioned is about training and you said you feel fine. Yeah. One of the things, you know, when I have a nephrologist that I talk to about my kidneys and he's always asking me how I'm feeling because I, I talk to him once a month, like we stay on top of everything. Right. And I'm like, I'm feeling fine. He asked me like, do you have any edema? Are you retaining any water? Like any of the signs you get with kidney yeah. with, with lower kidney function. And I'm like, no, I'm not, I don't have any symptoms. I'm not like, like I'm, I'm, I'm not nauseous. I'm not tired. I'm not, I don't have any edema. So the, my question to you is, you know, you're going through this thing with your heart and I'm going through this thing with my kidneys and we both feel fine. 
So how do you, like, where do you draw the line as to what you're supposed to do, what you're not supposed to do if you feel great? It's a tough question. And like, for me, my ejection fraction was 30% and Mm -hmm. normal is 55 to 60%. So your heart expands, it fills up with blood, then 55, 60, 65% of that blood will pump out. Mm. So <clears throat> normally when you're at 30%, they tell you, you sh- you're real lightheaded, you get out of breath easy, you struggle. You might even at rest be out of breath. And you yeah. definitely won't be able to do like any high intensity work or things like that. And so the doctors, the initial doctor I had is probing me and I'm like, no, dude, I feel fine. Like when I got out of the hospital, I didn't feel fine at all. Yeah. I felt, in fact, I felt like a train wreck. Yeah. But as time went on, um, I built it back up to where I did feel fine. And so the last, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a point with this. So the last okay. doctor I saw, the first thing he said to me was, I was sitting in his office and he walked in, he opened the door, he walked in. He said, John, you're a very interesting and unique case. And when he said that, I was like, finally, thankfully, this guy recognizes that I may not fit the typical yeah. profile of a 75-year-old with heart trouble, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was like, cool, now we're getting somewhere. So then he takes me into his office and he sits me down. He pulls up my last echocardiogram. Yeah. And he's like, okay, here's the damage to your apex, your left ventricle. Here's, here's the residual scar tissue. Here's how the blood's flowing here and here and here. And he said, um, your vessels are clean as a whistle and your um, valves are perfect. He mm-hmm. said, and your blood flow to me looks really, really normal. It's not that your ejection fraction may look low, but your heart isn't struggling. Like whatever you have to do in your life, it doesn't look like your heart has any trouble with that at all. Okay. And he said, that's a good thing. That's a real good thing. Because if we, if I was tired and I couldn't do things, then that conversation becomes a a very different conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, to answer your point, I'm not going to live in fear. If I feel good, I'm going to do what I have to do. Now, they told me to do cardio and all kinds of other stuff. So I do follow the doctor's direction. Yeah. If the doctor told me, John, if you strain really hard, you could die at any second, then I would probably really think hard about what I'm doing. I would go, man, I don't, I don't think I want to die right now. Yeah. So yeah. I, I should back off. And in fact, after I had the heart attack initially, I didn't use the Valsalva maneuver. So, you know, you lower the weight, you hold your breath and you drive the weight up. I didn't do that. I use weight so light that I could breathe normally. Through the whole movement. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I adjusted my training to not give myself any undue risk. So I sure. wasn't an idiot. I didn't go back in there and go, let's go crazy. Yeah. Like I use weight so light that I could breathe normally throughout the execution of the movement. Mm-hmm. And I slowly over a period of time worked my way back up. I didn't just jump right in there. So it's not like I don't care and I'm telling everybody I'm, hardcore yeah i was yeah. very methodical about it and when i felt like okay i can push myself a little bit harder i pushed mm-hmm. a little bit harder i started with really low weight and i just gradually worked i started off on my incline presses for example with with maybe 180 pounds for six mm-hmm. reps mm-hmm. and i just worked my way back up every week just five pounds five pounds until i got back to feeling totally normal so yeah. But, and my doctors, uh, doctor, the doctor, the doctor I have now, the cardiologist and Serrano both said, don't stop what you're doing because it's not stressing your heart at all. And in fact, your heart is really strong. You oxygenate blood, you oxygenate very well. So you don't need to stop that stuff. Just make sure you're doing cardio as well, because that's very, very heart healthy. And I had already been doing cardio, but I wasn't consistent with it. So now I'm being much more consistent with the cardio. Yeah. So are you kind of telling me that during this return 
you're kind of being monitored along the way? Like, were you getting checked by your doctor kind of periodically as you were, um, as your, as your weights were climbing back up? Basically what I was doing was I was messaging Saran. I was saying, here's what I'm doing. And here's how I feel. What do you think? Okay. okay. Well, that's and then when I So yeah. I wasn't going into the actual office. Yeah. yeah. Um, because my cardiology appointments are every three months. Okay. But my next one is actually the 28th of this month. So it'll, it'll be interesting. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what he says. But um, let me know, ask, we'll let me ask you this as, as my, as a coach or my coach, you know, my history, um, you know, people say if your kidneys are unhealthy or you have kidney issues at all, you shouldn't be heavy. You shouldn't, you should reduce your weight. You should do all these things. And I've, I've considered that. Now my nephrologist says, as long as my blood work is trending in the right direction and I feel okay that he's okay with me doing what I'm doing. Is that, do you think that's valid? I mean, I feel like my doctor is making sense because we're monitoring my blood every month or two. I get blood work done now. So I can see if there's any dips or any issues, right? So is that a good way to go or should I go with the traditional thinking of cut your weight, stop eating, blah, 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 all these, stop training hard, kind of all that kind of stuff. So first of all, I'm not as smart as your nephrologist. I'm not that intelligent. <laughs> um, I can just give you some meathead opinions. That's okay. That's what I'm looking for. Um, my meathead opinion would be this. It's two different issues. When you weigh a lot, that's hard on your heart. Yeah. Um, if you have, if you're holding a lot of water, if you high have high blood pressure, then yes, that's kidney stress. Yeah. So I am personally really nervous when guys over 40 weigh a lot, yeah. but it's not because their kidneys, unless they're not monitoring their blood pressure, then yes, it is because their kidneys. Yeah. It's yeah. more because the strain it is on your heart to, to oxygenate and supply blood to all that muscle. Okay. Um, now, having said that, if your blood pressure is great and your GFR is going back up and your creatinine is okay, your blood urine nitrogen okay, that ratio is okay, if all those things are going better and getting better and better, then you know, then your kidneys are getting better. My concern was always more with people's hearts. I see. Um, but, you know, blood pressure, I don't think enough guys monitor their blood pressure. And no. it's crazy. That's like the easiest thing to monitor. You don't need to get blood drawn or anything. I did mine yesterday morning. It was 110 over 60. Um, but so I do get 110, nervous. 110 over 60. It might have been 65. Is 110 over 60 or 65. <laughs> Isn't that low? Do you feel dizzy? Well, you got to reali realize, though, I'm taking – so I'm cheating right now. I'm taking beta blockers. So what happens is that kind of slows everything down. Okay. And I don't get as tired when I train. So I was <laughs> teasing my guys I was training with today. Like, my pulse is like yeah. 58, 59. Not moving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm training legs today, right? Yeah. And we're on the squat machine. I'm training with Brett and Paul Callahan. And so we're doing all these sets on legs. And we're training hard. Yeah. And I get down with a set, and I'm just like, okay. You're fine. Cool. You're fine. <laughs> but I'm laughing because I'm cheating. And yeah. actually, I was like, man, there's a whole new side of chemistry to bodybuilding. I think I just started. I'm going to start selling beta blockers on the back <laughs> black market. <laughs> you shouldn't say that. Somebody's going to go do it now. Um, well, it's so funny because after I train, I take it, and my heart, my heart rate is – it doesn't affect your heart rate like right then, I don't think. It's just mm – -hmm. it's less stress on your heart. And, of course, I have to take an ACE inhibitor, which is – which is a good thing for people who've had heart attacks as well. So I, I mean, I'm not telling you or your audience that my blood pressure is normal just on my own merits. It's because of the medications I'm taking just to be honest. 
Yeah, yeah. Do you think, as a friend, uh, speaking openly, like no one's listening, do you think I should try to compete again if my only if my kidney values keep getting better or stay the same? Oh boy, I mean, I mean, I mean, the obvious answer is if my, my kidney levels start to drop again, there would be no, I'm not that stupid. I would just say, okay, that's enough, but yeah. they have gone back up, uh, considerably. And if they stayed where they are or continue to go up, I'm like, maybe there's one more in it for me, but I don't want to put myself through the prep and then have the drop again. Cause you know how stressful the prep is. Obviously that's, what's going to put a strain on it. But yeah. the, my, my counter to that is I feel like if I can get leaner in the off season, I won't have to be as stressful on my body come contest time. Okay. So a couple things there. Number one, I absolutely 1000% agree that if you just stay leaner, you don't have to kill yourself. Yes. I think that's a very good thing. Number two uh, sounds like your GFR is going back up. Things are getting better. Just because that stuff gets better, that's to me, that's not like a green light to let's just go crazy again. Yep, like, I agree. You want it to stay that way for a while. I agree. And this is what happens to guys. And, and I did this too when I was younger. I, I'm pointing the finger at myself too. You go get blood work done after a show. And as soon as things are right, then you're like, okay, that's the green light to go crazy again. <laughs> no, it, it just means that for that two weeks, <laughs> your blood pressure is okay. And everything's okay. <laughs> Yeah, But the other 50-some weeks out of the year, you okay. know, so I'm just real cautious as I've gotten older with that mentality that, that as soon as you see the blood work good, that then automatically, you ideally you want to let it stay there, like mm. keep it there. So I'm a now, little hesitant. And my, now the good thing is, is there won't be any shows for a long time, it looks like, until like June. <laughs> <laughs> well, my counter to that is even if I am on – if I'm getting blood work every month or two, I have a really good idea of what's going on. Yep. Absolutely. So like if I get like, you know, when I got it checked and it was good and you're like, okay, well that means, you know, like I say, Oh, it's a green light. I'm going to start. It doesn't mean I've ignored the fact that I have to go again in a month and get it checked. Yeah. So it just gives me a really good, I feel like as long as I'm on top of it, I'm okay. That's kind of my, that's kind of how I'm looking at it is just, if I just stay there. Right. And, um, if I see it drop, then that would be, that would be the sign that it's okay. My body can't handle the pressure it takes to go there. Right. But I figured I kind of wanted to try everything on a different level. Like, you know, back in the day, like I was so extreme with everything train six days a week, maximum cycles, the whole bit. And I'm like, I wonder if I can do it all with less, you know, five days. I got some a good stories for you on that one too. All right. Hit me. So, you know, I've always said that people don't need trend. They don't need this. They don't need that. So, you know, here's how I came to those conclusions. Hmm. So I remember years back when I just didn't have any like trend available. Yeah. So I did the show without, and I was like, wow, I actually looked really good. I looked just as good as I've ever looked. I hmm. guess I didn't need that. And then there was another show where I didn't have like, I think it was maybe halo. Yeah. And I still looked really good. I was like, yeah. man, I didn't even really need that either. So I started doing all these shows without all that stuff. Yeah. And I continued to get better. I mean, you saw I looked in my early 40s, 42, 43 years old, 44 yeah. years old. Yeah. And by that time, I was doing much, much less than I had ever done, which wasn't that much to begin with. But I accidentally kind of came to that conclusion because I had all these instances where I just couldn't get certain things. Yeah. 
And then I was like, wow, I look good without that. I didn't need all that. Yeah. So I yeah. tell people now, they're like, well, you know, what all do I need before a show? And I'm like, well, a little test and master on, then maybe a little oral at the end. They're like, that's it. But that's not what X coach says. He yeah. says, I need, and he, it's a long list. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, that coach is young. He doesn't know what he's talking about. 15 years from now, he will have a different story for you. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I've lived through it. I've seen it. And I understand. I remember there's one of your friends who's a, he's a really good pro. I remember one year I started working with him and I cut off his doses in half. And he won his pro card that year. Yeah. And, um, but so my, you, my thought is you can absolutely, I, I am, that's one thing I'm sure about Yeah. is you'll be able to do more with less. Yeah. I firmly believe that. Well, I'm on much, much less right now. I'm pretty much on a, a cruise, like a mild cruise. And I just squatted 500. So what's that tell you? Yeah, I know. I know. I'm like, I'm feeling pretty good right now. Actually, I feel very healthy. I feel, uh, I don't feel like I'm taking a lot of anything and uh, I'm just kind of sticking to a diet and I'm feeling, I feel pretty good. So, you know, I, I don't, you know, there, there's people out there like, oh, you should retire. You should retire. And I'm like, I, I don't, I just don't want to, if I feel good, I feel like I shouldn't have to. And that's where the, that's where the original question came from is yeah, if, yeah. if you feel great, how do you know if you're supposed to stop or not? If the blood works good and you feel good, what other indication do you have? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like if you are truly monitoring everything and everything looks good, then who's to say you're at risk any more than a kid who's 25, but his blood works a mess. Yeah. You yeah. know? So I, I do see that point. And, and honestly, when I had, so I was honestly planning on doing one more comeback show myself. Yeah. Really? But then when I had the heart attack, I was like, okay, we're going to nix that plan. Yeah, I totally forgot. <laughs> I was like, you got me excited for a second there when you said it. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, that. for three years, I was doing 250 megs of test a week. And my test test levels was 1,400 nanograms per deciliter. It was, and really? my free test was like, yeah. So I'm like, I feel awesome. I'm holding 225. I'm lean. Can you explain how that's possible? I don't know how it's possible. I mean... Dante always told me that I was one of the few guys that I could take a little tiny dose of tests and it would just skyrocket everything. And my free test was always super high. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think there's a gen genetic component. I think people, some people just respond a lot better than other people because I take 250 milligrams and they, they tell me they feel like crap and they're weak. And I'm like, well, I feel like Superman. I'm trying to, like yeah. now yeah. I take 150 megs a week. Yeah. That's, that's what I take now. That's what I've yeah. taken um, since, I didn't take anything after my heart attack for six weeks and my test level went down to, I think it was 51. Wow. It was, it was non-existent yeah. and I felt terrible. Yeah. And actually, if you do the research, you're actually predisposed to another heart attack when you're yeah, worse. Yeah. So I went to 150 milligrams and now my levels are right, like right around 800 and that's just where I stay. Yeah. I, uh, my, I'm one of those people where my test drops fast. I don't get the boost that you get. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like I've tested my, mm -hmm. my testosterone. It doesn't, I have a guy that I was training before and he said he was off and I actually believe him. And I think his test levels are somewhere around 2000. And I'm like, how is this possible if you're off? I mean, he had just gone off a couple of weeks earlier, so maybe he's still in a system, but I'm like, how is that possible? Is that possible? No, uh, right. It was, no, I was still in a system. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> like he's fucking fucking liar. I'm like, this guy's not telling the truth. This is shit. So, <laughs> but no, but I noticed mine, once I go off, it drops really, really fast. Yeah. Like I don't have anything that hangs around. 
So like the seventh, eighth, ninth day, you start to really feel it. Yeah. Yeah. I get yeah. it. Like it's quick for me. Um, I want to touch on a couple other things though. The Olympia is coming up, man. How do you, are you going to that? I am actually. Do you guys have a booth this year for Granite? No, I, I in fact, I didn't even know they were having an expo. I didn't even know they were having an expo. Yeah, that's right. Cause of COVID and all that. I'm, I'm actually shocked that they are. And I'm, I'm actually, I wonder if it's going to be busy, if people are going to be scared to go or they're just going to go anyway. I don't know, man. I, honestly, if I didn't have people in it, I wouldn't go. Who do you have in it? You have Terrence? Terrence, Missy, uh, Shanique. And, you're, trying, um, you're, you're working with Shanique too? Yeah, I Shanique, have been for a while. Shanique Grant. Huh? Yeah. You're, you're doing training, diet, the whole thing? Just her diet. Just her diet. How long have you been training Shanique? I didn't know about that. Um, Probably three months at least. Okay, so this will be her first Olympia with you? Yeah, three, four months I think we've been working together. And how's she looking? <laughs> good yeah <laughs> yeah real good is she gonna win again <laughs> i'm not the type to make predictions but i mean there are other girls that may have like more strided glutes or this or that but when you look at the overall picture of a body that's put together mm. she's really hard to beat i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that I think her and Missy are your most genetically gifted athletes you've ever trained. You know what's so cool? Like all these years, I had these genetic, uh, unimpressive people like you. That didn't. <laughs> you know, John, that's twice. You came on here last time and said I was fucking lazy. And I got a whole bunch of people that are like, John said you're lazy. Now you're like, you're genetic. I didn't say you're lazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said, I said, am I the laziest client you have? And you said yes or something like that. I can't remember. Um, no, no, that's not true. It's actually the opposite. You're one of the hardest workers. Um, but I had all these people um, that I felt had good genetics. And I felt honestly like you and Mark Dugdale, I was always so proud of people like you because I felt like you won shows, but you didn't have the genetics of the other people. Yeah. Yeah. And I always felt like, I just wish, I, I just want to see what it's like, like to coach someone with crazy genetics. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. Missy and Shanique have crazy genetics. <laughs> I think honestly, because I know exactly what you're talking about. It's, it's gotta be a, a, a really cool thing to be able to coach somebody with that top 1% uh, in the, of the genetic pool. You know what I mean? Like a Terrence Ruffin yeah. or, or Missy or Shanique. But I mean, I just think it's funny that of all of the guys that you've coached, all the people that you've coached, your two best genetically built people are women. Yeah. I can't think of a guy that you trained has a better physique than Missy or Shanique. Yeah. And I will say this too, though. It is extremely rewarding to work with a Josh Wade, to work with you. Guys who maybe don't have the structure of a Flex Wheeler, but you're able to do well in shows. Like that's extremely rewarding for me. Yeah. Because because you don't have people running around saying you're going to dominate this show and this and that. And, and look, we're, we're all honest. We all know what our strengths are. Like yeah. I know, I know genetically I, I can put on muscle, but I know structurally I'm very poor. Yeah. We all know that. Yeah. So to take that and then like for you to win two shows for Doug Dale, when it is at the end of his career to turn around and win three shows or four shows or whatever it was for Josh Wade to place in like five out of the first show, six shows he did and to yeah. show up in shape every single time. Like I will admit, I take a certain amount of um, pride in that. Is yeah, of course. not saying I did the work for you, but just being part of that because that's something special. Like just being a part of something special is something that I'm very, very happy about. No, I think you deserve the credit. I mean, people people think that a coach is you know I hear I hear some other people. I'm not going to name any names, 
talk about coaches as if they're an afterthought, as if bodybuilders are now just lazy and coaches are not necessary and we don't want to figure out our bodies and all this other shit. And I, I don't, I just don't think it's true because I've been there. I've, I've worked with several different coaches and I can see the difference. And you saw the difference in me when I, when I, when we started working together, I was beating my body to death. Yeah. Like I was just tormenting myself way, way too much volume, way too heavy, way too. And you changed all of that. And then my body came alive. So if you don't get some of the credit, then you know what I mean? Who does like, that doesn't make any sense. Right. So of course you do now. But the question I have is as a coach, and this is, and it's not going to hurt my feelings. So you can tell the truth, but as a coach, isn't it, is it more awesome to train somebody with, you know, like a eight, a level eight out of 10 genetics, or is it better to train? Is it more fun to train somebody with like 10 out of 10 genetics? That's a good question. Um, I don't know that I feel strongly about that one way or the other. Um, I don't really feel strongly about that one way or the other because, because I see both sides of it and, Missy's working hard. Shanique has been on low carbs for like the last eight weeks. She's only had carbs pre and post workout. So they're all putting in work. Yeah. Yeah, of course. You know, um, one thing that I'm very, very happy about in my coaching career is I don't really think I had any lazy people at a high level. Like they were all willing to work hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, every pro I've ever coached, everybody from a Ken Jackson to you to Josh to Terrence, like you're all hard workers. I never had anybody that I had to say, come on, let's go pick it up. Like I've never really had that. Well, maybe me nowadays, you got to kind of give me a little bit of a push. <laughs> well, so you like people like you and Josh, and I'll give you another example. Like Andrew Barry is an, am he's an amateur, but he's a really good friend of mine. So Andrew comes to me six weeks out he's already shredded, mm -hmm. but he's, his body's losing muscle. He's, he's, um, he's overdone it. Mm -hmm. and I had to tell, I have to tell him, dude, you've got to eat more and you've got to slow down the cardio. Like you've got to back off. Yeah. Yeah. So we took his carbs up to hundred grams a meal. I mean, we took his cardio, we cut in half. This was right when I started with him. And then all of a sudden his body looked different. And that's like with you or Josh, like with you guys, it was always, I know you're working hard, but let's work smarter. Like yeah. with Josh, I remember when I had Josh eat his first cheat meal, mm -hmm. he was scared to death. Yeah. Eat a cheat meal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, Josh, you're ready now. We're three weeks out, dude. Like you need some good food, go out with the family. So he went out with his wife and his daughter and they had sushi. And I think they had a little ice cream. He was, he woke up the next day. He's like, I said, how do you look? And he's like, I still look good. And I'm like, see, like it all did. It all didn't just go up in a puff of smoke. man." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, uh, you know, this last prep that I did, you, you had an eye on me, but I kind of did it myself for the most part, like I put together the diet and stuff and I would check in with you and you'd say, you know, just change this or change that. We made, you made little adjustments here and there, but I felt like it was primarily my baby. Yep. But that's, I think why I went wrong. You know what I mean? Uh, because it, because of exactly what you said is I pushed it too hard because I felt like we were going, oh, that's all, right. I remember you were cutting out extra yeah. fat. Remember we were going along yeah. good. We were going good. We we're going good. I had a good diet. I had a good plan. You had your eye on me. And then around six weeks out, I started to get the old Fuad came back and I started to put my foot down and kind of try and speed up. I'm like, no, no, let's get there faster. And I started to cut food out and put in the anti-estrogens and all this shit. And I think that's where it started to veer off course. 
Yeah, I remember so, that so I think, and, and again, that's, again, the reason why, you know, when people say, do you need a coach? Because some of us, it's the opposite of being lazy. We're pushing too much. Right. And right. when you're trying to land that plane, you know, the last week, it's too much can be just as bad as not enough. Yeah. So I think that's always what you did for me was you're able to pull me back from, from doing too much. So anyway, where do you think uh, going on to the Olympia? I wanted to get some placings and some ideas of what you think about the show and how you think guys are going to do. Who do you think is going to win? We'll start at the very, we'll start at the very, very top. We got obviously the two favorites are Phil and Brandon. So what do you think is going to happen? Do you think Phil's going to be able to resume and, and bring back, bring back that 2014 Phil? It, um, here's my opinion. It comes down to Brandon's legs. Yeah. If That's... Brandon can bring separation and detail in his legs, he'll be fine. Um, I think his upper body is right there with Phil's. But I think what her – I don't say hurt because he won Mr. Olympia, but I think where he could improve was um, just sharpening up his legs. Yeah. Um, now, I know Brandon, and I know that he didn't take it for granted. He had the attitude that I'm going to get better and better and better. So I am 100% – sure that Brandon will be better because yeah. I think he's got the right attitude and he's awesome. I also think Phil's going to be tough to beat too, because he's had a year off. He's I'm sure when he watched last year, he thought to himself, I could win this. So it all just comes down to Brandon's legs and Phil's stomach. I mean, that's literally what it comes down to. Mm. Do you think, and I'm just going to play devil's advocate here. I really, Brandon's a friend of mine and I, I do, you know, I, I'm going to say this, even though I, I don't like to put out favorites, but I do hope Brandon wins. Um, yeah. I don't know Phil, so I can't say whether I like him or not. I just, I know Brandon. He's a friend of mine. I consider him a friend and I hope he wins. But in saying that, do you think that Phil has a level of detail other bodybuilders can't, or not can't, but have trouble achieving? Well, certainly from the back, because it's not that he has the detail. It's that he has the detail and the size. Yeah. You know, and you'll see guys with that detail, but they don't have the size to go with it. So yeah. he's got those crazy round glutes. His hams are knotted up. His lower lats in his spinal rectors look like they're sticking out three inches deep from the back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's not only detailed, he's big. That's hard to beat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what Ronnie Coleman had. He had that. It wasn't just the detail. It was he had the detail and the size. Yeah. And that's what I feel about Brandon. That's what I feel. I know you're saying the legs. And I feel like Brandon's legs will be better than last year because every year they've gotten a little better. Yeah. Um, but I don't feel like his legs have the detail that Phil's have. And that's the scary part to me is I think Brandon will stand next to him side by side and compare in muscularity. But if let's assume Phil's stomach is okay, and Brandon's legs are up. Let's say both of them are have fixed their issue. Yeah. That's where I worry that Phil's detail may take precedence. Here's the thing, though. Phil doesn't have the V-taper that Brandon has. When Brandon that's, stands that's to the front, yeah, he's going to have a wow factor. Phil's got a lot of big, hard muscle. Yeah. But he doesn't quite have the genetic structure that, that Brandon has. Brandon has yeah. an insane V-taper. No, I agree with you there. Because Phil has a little bit of... Uh, his um, obliques are a little bit. His obliques are a little bit thicker, right? So, and his clavicles are a little bit narrower. Yeah, his obliques yeah. are a little thicker, right? Yeah, yeah. So and then, 
if Brandon has put on more size on his legs, it's going to actually increase that silhouette even more. And I don't even know that it's a size. I'm just talking about the detail. Like, yeah, his legs are big enough. Yeah. Yeah. They're big. It's just, it's just getting that deep separation, the erectus femoris, like just get in those lines. And I think Mm -hmm. if he does that, his body, like I, from the pictures, it looks like his upper body is, is, he's even bigger. Yeah. Waist looks small. So like if his legs come in chiseled, then I think he's got a great shot because yeah. his shape is so good. But if his legs are off, then he's probably in trouble. Do you think the skin color matters? Like, do you think sometimes guys on stage are darker? They don't show the detail as well? Yeah, you're talking about, like, Brandon and um, who's the big kid from New York? Uh, Akeem. Akeem. Akeem, yeah. Yeah. Because Brandon, those guys are le- – yeah. Sorry, I just mean because, like, Brandon is a little bit darker than Phil. And I wonder sometimes, I'm like, is it – do his legs need more detail or is it just because I can't see it as clearly? Yeah. Is it the skin? Well, it's the skin thickness. Is, uh, yeah. Or the thickness, not the color necessarily. The thickness of it could be different. Yeah. Yeah. I think because that's kind of what um, Akeem has. He's, yeah. he's monstrous. And I think he's leaner than people understand. He's just got thicker skin. Like yeah. people are like, oh, Akeem's never in shape. No, he's in shape. Yeah. I know. I know. Trust me, he's in shape. If you were staying <laughs> beside him, I know. You him, you'd say he's in shape. I know it's crazy. It's just a little different texture to their skin. That's all. That's yeah. a genetic trait. So, okay. So you're saying, okay, if, okay, just to put a, put a point on the last note, if you had to pick somebody, I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot. You have to pick somebody. Who do you think yeah. is going to, who do you think is going to solve their issue better than the other and actually win? Do you think Phil will bring a stomach in or do you think Brandon will have increased the detail in his legs and who do you think is going to take the cake? If it's out of if it's out of those two, maybe you have a, a, somebody else you think is going to win. I don't know. Well, the guy I thought would have the best chance of winning between those two is out of the show. So um, Flex Flex Lewis. Yeah. You thought Flex yeah. Lewis was going to contend with Phil and Brandon? Yep, absolutely. Look, I love Flex, but is he big enough? If you've seen Flex when he's at two twenty five to two thirty, I have. And this was this was so that was like three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. He's every bit as hard, if not harder, than when he's – actually, he's harder than when he's at 212. Yeah. So, then you give him a year off, and he comes in shredded at 230. Like, how big is Bonac? He's in yeah, the that's 220s. True. That's true, yeah, yeah. Flex yeah. would beat Bonac. I what just – What place did Bonac get last year? I don't know if I can – I don't know second, if I can, right? I don't, I don't know if I can give you this one, John. I don't know if I can give you this one. Because <laughs> Phil – because I think Brandon – I think, okay, everything you said I think is true. But I think Brandon's overall size and shoulder width would would help him beat Flex. Well, that could be what helps him beat Phil too. Like that's exactly, what could exactly. help Brandon beat beat everybody. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Um, no, that's that's valid. Yep. Okay. So so going back out of the two guys, I'm gonna hold you to. I'm gonna, make, I'm, I'm gonna make you pick somebody. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna pick Brandon. Okay, Brandon. All right, so we're both picking Brandon now. The, the, my dark horse, and I'll see if it's the same as your dark horse, is Big Rami. That's mine. Do you have Big Rami challenging for a win? Do you think he's going to be third? Do you think he's going to finally figure out his condition? How do you feel about Big Rami? Big Rami comes in shredded, he can win. Simple as that. You think that's all it's going to take is if he shows a little bit more detail and hardness, he's going to beat everybody. If he comes in shredded, he wins. I kind of agree. He's got the structure and he's got the muscle. Okay, can you answer me a question since you're the the coach of coaches? Uh, How is it that somebody has shredded glutes 
And because, you know, we all, as guys, most of us, if not all of us, the last place we lose our fat is on our glutes and our lower back. I know exactly where you're going with this. Yep. Okay. So you know the question. So if he's got shredded glutes, shredded lower back, he's lean everywhere. Why is he just not getting that wow factor? What is it? What is he missing? It could be a couple things. Um, and I'm not accusing him of doing this, by the way. I'm just saying in general, here's how I'm going to answer your question in general. Okay. Side injections, a bunch of oil, covers up all the detailed muscle, mm-hmm. or so much insulin and GH, the muscles get so big, they just start to lose detail. Which I think think is the difference between the guys in the 90s. Like you hear people go, oh, the guys in the 90s were so much leaner than the guys now. I disagree with that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I just think they had deeper muscle separation because they didn't use so much insulin GH. That's what I think. I agree 100%. And I don't, is it, is it really the insulin and GH or is it just the fact that the muscles grown so much that it's, it's blurring the detail? But the way the muscle's growing so much is because of the insulin GH. No, no, I know. But I'm just saying it's not, I don't want people to think it's because of insulin. You're saying that regardless of the mechanism in which the muscle got there, you're saying that the muscles are so big nowadays that they're blurring yes. the lines for people's detail. Yes, I agree. Yep. I actually think it's more the second one than it is the first. I know some people have accused Rami of synthol and this and that, blah, blah, blah. I think he probably does sight injections like all the rest of us. But I think more than anything, it's his size. I don't think you can yeah. fake those legs. I know people have... I, like I had uh, Phil Viz on the podcast yesterday and he said, you know, he thought he was using, you know, Rami was using synthol and his legs and this, that, and that. I don't, I don't think you can get a sweep like that with synthol. I just don't. It'd be pointy, right? Unless they did it up and down the whole leg all over. Yeah. I agree with you. Well, and that's what, and that's what he was saying is they do it all the way down the leg. And I still, I just don't feel like it would look the way Rami's legs look. Rami's legs look like real muscle to me. Yeah. Well, so, if you look at his leg in the side shot, there actually is a lot of detail there. Yeah, I've seen. Yeah, you're right. That's right. Yeah, I mean, there are guys that you can see they clearly have something weird going on with their quad sweep. Yeah, his, his doesn't look like that. Um, I know a lot of guys like me personally. I always like to put put my HRT in the side of my leg. Yeah. So that's a side injection, but for me, it never. It's just a normal injection. It wasn't like it didn't make anything lump up or anything like that. Um, That's what I do. I used to do. There's a long for a long time. I used to use my lateralis for my shots, mm-hmm. but yep, it wasn't. Absolutely. But like you said, it didn't do anything. It just, it just seemed like a comfortable place for me to use. That's all. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So anyway, so let's get away from that. So, um, how does he fix that problem then? If it's too much muscle. If it's synthol, it's an easy fix. You just stop doing synthol. But if it's not synthol and it's way too much muscle and it's blurring lines and whatever, is there any fix for that? Or is it just, you know, you're that big and it's your fault? That's tough, man. Because like the, like I can, the instances I've seen people get some detail back, they, they were, they did a couple things. They went much lower in calories Mm -hmm. and they stopped using GH would be in the, the other situation. Mm-hmm. And I've seen some muscle separation and details start to come back in those situations. So what are the chances of somebody stopping GH at that level? Zero, right? Well, his muscle probably wouldn't look right on stage if he just stopped. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how would he get that fullness back? I don't know. I mean, I, I, that's a good question. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe he could get it back. As, maybe he doesn't need as much as he thinks. I don't know. It's all speculation. But th- that's a tough one because – it's not something that's been done very often in history. Like when you think of a big guy who came back smaller and more detailed. I can think of one time. 
I can think Which of one, one time. Jay Cutler, 2009. And if you ask Jay about it, I've heard him asked about it in interviews and stuff. He talks about all the massage work he got done. Okay. And yeah, getting, yeah, yeah. He said he was getting like deep tissue like four times a week. And yep. I can see that separating and breaking up scar tissue and things like that to yeah. add more detail. So, yeah. but I don't know if that's going to work the same for, I mean, it would work the same for scar tissue, but it wouldn't work the same if you just had too much muscle. I don't know how that right. would work. That's totally different. Yeah. 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 Now, is Chad working with Rami still? I think so. Yeah. Because when Chad started working with Rami, I kind of had a deja vu of when he started working with Ronnie Coleman. And I was like, is this going to, is this the year that Chad's going to turn Rami from average to insane? Like he did with Rami with Ronnie, yeah. or is it like, and then he missed the mark once. So is this going to be the year that Chad's got him figured out? Cause he said last year, I think Chad said last year there was a hiccup because he didn't, he carb loaded way faster than he thought he was going to, or something like that. So do you think this is a year where Chad's got him figured out and he's going to get it right and, and he's going to blow everybody away? I generally distrust the process when it's, there's been so many coaches involved mm. because sometimes I think maybe that's the athlete and not the coaches. Okay. But if anybody can do it with him, it'd probably be Chad. Yeah. Because Chad's used to working with so many big guys. Yeah, I was just going to say he's used to working with that much muscle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if anybody's gonna do it, it would be Chad. And like Rami is one of my favorite bodybuilders on the planet. That dude's awesome. I love that guy. I'd love yeah. nothing more to, than see him and Brandon as the last two standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be amazing. I feel, but I always feel bad for Rami because he really, really gets. I feel like he's scrutinized more so than other guys because it's he because everybody sees his potential. Yeah, it's almost yeah. like like him and Cedric are just constantly constantly because yeah. everybody sees something that they're waiting for and they're not getting it so these guys just get bashed constantly yeah. and, and you're right i would love nothing more than to see rami stand there with a trophy and finally have relief from all yeah. the criticism you know what i mean yeah yep um okay so then is that are you picking rami for third oh. <laughs> tough questions I'm going to take Rami for third, yes. Okay, Rami for third. Um, now we go – it gets harder as we go because the guys get start to get closer and closer in stature. So then now we have Bonac and Hottie. Is Hottie going to make it? I don't even know if Hottie's going to make it because if he's going to make it. I don't know. I mean, I guess we can just assume he's in it. All right, let's assume he's in it. Does Hottie beat Bonac again? Or not again. He didn't beat him last year, did he? He didn't beat him last year, right? Hottie got third and he got second? That's right. Um, I, I just wish Hottie's – like, Hottie could have won last year. You think so? Yeah. Because How? his lower body was so hard. He was in such good condition. He, he could have won. Why didn't he win then? What do you think – what do you think the reason was he didn't win? Because Brandon's shape was just so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I want to root for Hottie, but I have a hard time rooting for someone with that much weird stuff going on in their shoulders. <laughs> um, it's, and I don't know. It could be just sight injections. Who cares? I, I'm not saying what it is. Yeah. Um, but I do think that Hottie should place ahead of Bonac, though. Uh, I would say he's more muscular. They have – I don't want to say they have similar physiques, but they kind of do. Does that make sense? Hottie's got more detail. Bonac's got this cartoony muscle that I love. Like his, yeah. like his side chest is awesome. I love yeah. how everything is so cartoony. Yeah. But Hottie's got that 
kind of the nasty hard look to go with the size. I think uh, Bonax clavicles are more narrow than Hottie's too, which would lend Hottie, it would allow his silhouette to look a little larger yeah. on stage. So uh, Hottie, Hottie fourth. Does Rami beat Hottie? If, if Rami is in pretty good shape, then yes. Okay. Uh, and then Bonac fifth. We got we yeah. got we got Bonac, we got Roly, and we got Dexter. Roly's a wild card. <laughs> Are we talking Roly with legs or Roly without legs? <laughs> Roly in shape, Roly not shape. Roly with legs, without shape, without Roley, legs. Roly when he ha- when he got third, he could have won. Why is there so many different versions of Roly? Why do you think he's got the same coach? I, I, I feel like he must have had leg injuries or something, knee injuries or something, because. I've seen him where, like, the year he got third, he could have won. Yeah. His legs were peeled. He looked awesome. His legs were thick. And then his legs just vanished. Mm. Like, people are showing all these pictures now of his upper body looking crazy, which it does. But it's always looked like that mm-hmm. pre-contest. Do you it's think always been that way. The question with him is his lower body. Do you think the leg size had anything to do with the waist shrinking? Like no. Maybe, like, maybe they stopped squatting to get the waist down? I don't think so. Um I swear it looks like he had some kind of injury because his legs just have a different look to him. Huh. Okay, so if you had to guess, is Roly going to beat Bonac? I would like for him to, but I'm going to say no. Okay. I have Dexter in like, unfortunately, it's really, it's a, it's a deep lineup. And I think I have Dexter in like six or seven. Is that what you're kind of thinking? I have Dexter in seven and Roly in six. Okay. Then we have – it gets tougher now. Yeah. So now, now, now we have Ian, Hunter, Justin Rodriguez, uh, Akeem Williams, Juan Morel, Antoine, Reagan. Like these guys are all – like when they're, when they're all 100%, they're all – Really close. They're all seventh place. They're all right there. You know really I mean? close. Yeah. So where – Let's start with – who are we going to start with? Let's, let's start with uh, Antoine. Where are you going to put Antoine? I know you're friends with Antoine, so it's hard. But um, do you put him in the seventh spot, or is he not ready for seventh yet? Does he beat Dexter? No. I think politically he can't beat Dexter yet. I don't think they would do that to Dexter yet. Because it's Antoine's first time. Yeah. Dexter's last time. I don't think – and I, this is all conjecture. I don't know if this is, like, what the judges actually do, but I'm just – I've never seen like a veteran lose to like a new guy. Yeah, that doesn't usually happen. Yeah. So, um, so okay, is Antoine You know seven? who I like out of all those people? Yeah, who? Hunter. I knew you were going to say that. Okay. So you think Hunter – Hunter does Hunter beat Dexter? Because I could see that. If Hunter gets a little more detail to his body, yeah. Hunter's going to bring the noise because everything he has – looks good it ties in he's i mean heck he's even got huge calves i mean he's got everything if hunter shows up if the tampa bay hunter shows up i don't think he'll be seventh if hunter shows up better than tampa bay he could be fifth i i think hunter would probably be right there at about eighth place i think you got dexter at seven he got hunter at eight uh well no no bonac five Dexter six. No, you had Roly six. And Dexter no, seven. Roly six. Dexter seven. Hunter eight. Now, what if what if Hunter's like peeled out of his mind? Is he is he beat Roly? 
he's uh, I I mean he probably could, but it's still the whole pay your dues thing, right? Hmm. Does he be Dexter? I mean, same thing. He probably could, but it's the pay your dues part. See, and this is <laughs> I know people are gonna people are probably gonna rip me for this, but this is the kind of the game I play in my own head. I think that Hunter has a legacy because of his name. So he gets a pass on being new. So I feel like he would get judged a little differently. Like they might let him beat Dexter. He should just win if he looks better, period. Like, well, that's, I mean, that's obvious, right? But yeah, we're just, right. I'm, and like, again, I don't want anybody to think this is real. I haven't talked to any judges that sit there and like, they haven't told me that they sit there and say this shit. I'm just like playing this game in my own head. Yeah. Um, okay. So, okay. Forget all the pol- political stuff. Let's just go back to the way things look. Can Hunter beat Dexter? Yes, I think so. Okay. But you have him in eighth. You think he'll yes. be? Okay. Yes. Does Ian beat Hunter? Not if Hunter's at his best. What if Ian's at his best? I don't know. I haven't seen Ian at his best for a while. He's always been a little bit, he's been a little bit off lately. What if New York Ian shows up? I like the – see, that one's hard because the pictures were so bad from that show. It was really hard to tell how people looked. I know. And I don't know how Ian really looked compared to New York, compared to Tampa. Oh, he was a lot better in New York. Was he a lot better in New York? Yeah, he was a lot better. Tampa um, Tampa was like a – he was really flat in Tampa, and I don't think that was representative of what he looks like at all. I think New York was more so his – closer to his best. I still think he can. he's going to be even better at the Olympia. I, I think Ian will be better, and I think Hunter will be better. Actually, I think both those still be better. So yeah, yeah, it's going to be that. That's going to be an interesting one. Those two and stand next to each other. Yeah. Because then, okay, so let's say let's say you have Ian in ninth. Yeah. Does Antoine beat Ian? <laughs> it starts to get hard. It starts to get hard when you talk. These guys Antoine are also. Antoine is. Antoine is actually pretty complete. I mean. I know. He's pretty complete. I know. Um, yeah. Antoine could beat Ian. Yes. Thank actually, you. I'm gonna actually I'm gonna revise revise this. I'm gonna put Antoine ahead of Ian. <laughs> and it's not because I think negatively of Ian at all. It's because no, Antoine is actually pretty complete. Like when you look at his people, went, well, he doesn't have a back. Have you seen his third double bicep? It's pretty impressive. No, his back has gotten a lot better. Yeah. Um, okay, fine. So we have Ian tenth then, and Antoine yes. ninth. But then you have a key. Yes. Akeem, Akeem won Chicago, and he beat Justin Rodriguez. Ian beat Justin Rodriguez in New York. So those two have both beaten Justin Rodriguez. And Akeem is like a monster. But Ian – Akeem's probably bigger than all of them except Brian. I know, I know, but Ian is always shredded. If he's 100%, he's like peeled and hard, grainy, the whole thing. Yeah. So does Ian still stay in 10th, or does he move back to 11th? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say he stays in 10th. I love putting you on the spot like this because I know you hate this kind of thing. <laughs> so. Well, because now I know people are going to say, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. But. Oh, who cares? <laughs> who cares? We're just having fun. Um, okay, so what did you say? You said Akeem's 10th or 11th? I'm going to say Justin 11 and Akeem 12th. So Ian kept his 10th place? Yes. What about Regan? <sighs> See, I like him too. It's just a matter of that – so Regan has the potential to be in the top five. True. But he doesn't quite have the detail yet. 
I still think he needs, it's weird. You know, you know, it's, I always try and figure out Reagan out cause he's such a puzzle to me. His physique is such a puzzle to me because, but I think I finally got it. He's just got a really big frame. Yeah. It's he's almost, got a lot of muscle. I know he has a lot of muscle, but I feel yeah. like because his frame, like, cause I've been around him at the gym and stuff. He's just a really big guy, like stature wise. Right. Yeah, he is. And I feel like he just needs to fill it out more. Like, yeah, that you know, people, and a little bit of detail, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. I agree on the detail part. I just mean like, because people will say, "Oh, his legs aren't big enough," or "Oh, this isn't big enough." I'm like, he's got a, he's got big legs. He's big everywhere. Yeah, but he's got a the, huge back. But I think because his stature is so big, like he's, it kind of reminds me of a Kuklo a little bit. You know, Kuklo's like six foot tall, and he's like just yeah. got a really big frame. Yep. And he's always looks like he can put more muscle on to fill it out. Yeah. That's kind of how I see Reagan. Like it's, they're both have very nice physiques. They both have very complete and everything's there, but it doesn't sit on their body the way it sits on like, you know, Hunter's body. Yeah. Because their frames are so big. Yeah. So, so do Can I make you, a prediction for next year? Yeah. So for next year, I think Hunter and Regan both get in the top six next year, not this year, but next year. Would you have some kind of inside scoop? I don't know about. Um, no, I just, I'm, I'm I think di- that those guys have really complete physiques Yeah. and when they get the detailed maturity, I just think they're going to be really, really good. Okay. Well, wait, let's go back to that in one second. But first I want to, I want to ask you, is Reagan in 13th place? Yes. Okay. Is there any, I'm, I don't know if we're missing anybody. I think that's every, Oh, Juan Morel. <laughs> I forgot Juan Morel. Juan Morel could beat a lot of those guys. <laughs> that's true. Uh, I think with Juan, like, you know, he's going to be in shape. I think his legs hurt him from the front. I think from the side, his legs are fantastic. Yeah. I just think his legs hurt him from the front. Yeah. So we have him somewhere out of the top 10? I think so. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, – so from my perspective, there's not one single guy in this Olympia that's not awesome. Like, yeah, this is a crazy lineup. I feel like it's a really deep lineup too. It's like it, I don't it think is. people are giving it enough credit. I feel like there's a lot of great. If anybody builders. looks at this Olympian lineup and says, "Oh, buddy, he's nothing like it used to be," they're out of their mind. This is yeah. a really good lineup. I remember other Olympias where you could clearly place people in certain spots. Yeah, and I really feel like this Olympia. When I look at that, like I, I put them in two groups: seven to one, and eight to thirteen, or whatever it is. Yeah. In the seven to one group, they can switch so many different ways. Yeah. yeah. And then the same thing in the seven in the eight to thirteen group. It's exactly. like anybody could be anywhere else, right? It's exactly. Like, and I feel like whoever places well at the show should be extremely proud. Remember, like last year, I remember people placed certain places last year and people would say, Oh, well, this guy wasn't in the show and that guy wasn't in the show, so that guy's really fifteenth or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, whatever. I don't think you can say that this year. I agree. You know, yeah. short of like uh, Sergio Oliva, Cedric, it's like everybody's there. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know who yeah. else who else is not going to be there, right? So uh, it's a really, really awesome show. I can't wait. I'm actually getting more and more excited about it as the time passes. Yeah. But uh, going back to what you're saying about Hunter and Reagan, that would mean that Phil and Brandon, if Phil and Brandon are still here, Rami, Hadi, Bonac, Dexter's going to retire. Roly, that's six. Yeah, so I, I understand. Yep. 
So you think and I may have another name added to that too. <laughs> Sergio. Yeah. Yeah. I I see and I shouldn't I, I don't want to disparage anybody, but out of that six that I named, I see Roly is the first one to like for people to overcome. Yes, I agree. And then yeah. who do you think second? I feel like the hardest the hardest people to beat in that top six are Brandon, Phil, Rami, Hottie. Exactly. So who's that? Who's the two that leaves? That Bonac and Roly, but yes. I don't know if Reagan would have to do a lot of work to beat Bonac, and so would Hunter. Like a lot would have to change in a year. I agree. Yep. Like Bonac is a formidable like bodybuilder. Like hell yeah, he is. He's awesome. Yeah. That's a that's. That's not I, me knocking Roly or no, no, no. that's not me knocking Roly or Bonac. It I means those other guys I just think have out of this world potential. If Hunter keeps making the progress he's been making, like at the rate he's been making it, I could agree with you that I could see him. My I only have one concern with Hunter. Huh. I don't want him to become another Rami where he gets so big he does he loses his detail. I don't think he's going to do that because I think he knows what his legacy is. I agree. I just hope it stays that way because he's had a lot of muscle and he still looks fantastic. Yeah. I just hope that he doesn't like turn around and get another 20 pounds and then lose detail. Cause I think the way he's going about it now is perfect. I yeah. love the way he's progressing, whatever him and those dudes he works with are doing, they're doing it right. So I just hope it stays that way. I think because of the legacy he comes from, I think he, like what I've talked to him a couple of times, he seems to place a lot of emphasis on detail and, posing and shape and like i don't think he's just a mass monster like i just want to get humongous i've never really kind of heard him say that along anything along those lines yeah good so good yeah i think i could agree with you it's gonna be a good show yeah yeah um so what am i gonna do what do you think i should do next um i'm, I'm kind of in limbo before we go before we go let's let's talk real quick I am finally done binging because I went through like a binge fest for like a month after my prep ended. Yeah. But it kind of wore off and I've been, I've been back on a proper diet for like a week and a half or so and doing good now. Do you think I should be lean bulking or just staying lean or just staying the size or shrinking or what would your advice be to me? So my advice my perspective is you don't need to get bigger. I do. You're like five foot eight and you're like 500 pounds. I'm not five foot eight. I'm five foot nine. <laughs> I'm exaggerating on both sides of the spectrum. I know you, I know you, I know you are. No, um, but, um, but no, if you notice my last prep, the one thing I noticed in my last prep is my legs were down in size. We talked about that. My legs were a little smaller than previous years. So. I think I, that's more, that could have been training. That could have been, um, Cardio, that, I mean, that could be different things, though. Mm. I just I, don't see the benefit of you gaining a bunch of weight. I, I don't see how that helps you. No, no, no. I, you, I, I don't want to. I don't want to gain a bunch of weight. I feel like for you to be the, your most competitive, it's to bring in that detail with the size that you have. It's, it's got, there's got to be detail. Yeah. Because you can't beat people on structure. No. So no. you're going to have to have a lot of detail to go with that size. 
And if you can stay in pretty good condition and stay like within shooting distance of something to where you don't have to do two hours of cardio and you don't have to just starve into oblivion, I personally think that's your best shot at your best package. Okay. Yeah. Is it weird that like, do you ever, yeah. I, I got into a really bad rut there for like a month. I was like doing a lot of McDonald's and pizza and just junk for like a month, like not every day, but like quite a bit. I get it, dude. I've been eating M&Ms like crazy. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're fully retired. You're allowed to eat. And plus, I'm allowed to eat M&Ms. when you eat M&Ms, you eat like a handful. I eat the whole fucking, like I get a family size pack and eat the whole thing. So for Thanksgiving, I had like, five ounces of turkey yeah. i had some mashed potatoes and stuffing and i couldn't breathe i was so full yeah you don't eat a lot i don't know how you retain all your muscle training people totally underestimate the effect that training come on, has on john you used to be you can't say that you used to be twice the size you are now i remember seeing you i remember the first time i saw you was 2004 and you looked like my refrigerator oh at the north american dude you're humongous you know how much i weighed for that show how much 213 yeah, you looked like you were 240. And you're like 5'3. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for years. But you so but, listen, but I have to I, I gotta have, be honest. Okay, I did a lot of lying through the years. I know. I'm five foot seven and I told people I was five foot six because it sounds a lot more impressive to be two twenty-five and five six than two twenty-five and five seven. <laughs> so I did shave an inch off my height yeah. for many years. Yeah, yeah. I have a bone to pick with you though, because you tell people that it's okay to train light and you can still No, get... I don't. I don't say that. I think I've heard you say that you don't have to train heavy to get big. I do not say that. Okay. Are we I clarifying? say you can go moderate as long as you go to failure is what I say. Yeah, but people are going to take that as light. When you say moderate. That's their th problem, not mine. <laughs> That's misinterpretation. Okay. Just for the record, because everybody's seen your legs. For the record, John used to squat 500 for 25 reps. True or not? Go to my YouTube and you'll see me repping six plates like it's a piece of butter. Wait, I want to see this. Go here, Google, Google 1999 John Meadows squat footage. 1999 John Meadows squat. Okay, you'll see me doing a set with six plates and then a set with six <laughs> Holy plates. Holy shit. I've never, I've never seen this before. Post that so people can see it. I should because all these stupid fucking people are writing me going, this guy said I could train light and still get big. You don't have to train heavy. And I'm like, you have no fucking idea. All right. Now, this is six plates right here. No knee wraps, no squat look, suit. Look how thick you are here. Holy fuck. Look at that form. The ball, I'm not shaking. I can't go that wide when I squat. Look how fat my face is. I know. I love it. It's awesome. <laughs> Look at my neck. How many reps is that? Eight? Ten? Seven or eight. But I used to do – now, this one is um, – it's either – I think it's a ten and a five on top of the six plates. Yeah. Now look, the form looks the exact same on this. You know what one. I love? These are the baggiest pants ever, and your legs are stretching them. Yeah, I, I had a pretty good quad sweep going there. But that's what I'm talking about. You can't say that eating, you don't have to eat a lot. Look how big you were when you did eat a lot. That's because I eat tons of trash. That's why my face is so fat. Yeah, but that's also why you're squatting fucking 700 pounds or whatever that is. Yeah, but look, look how easy that is. I know. 
This is great. This is my favorite shit to watch. This is the real shit. So, but let me tell you this though. My legs and that when I had that video done, my legs were like 30 inches. Yeah. When I hurt my lower back and I had this not squat and I just started going nuts doing the stuff like you and I used to do at Elite FTS. Yeah, yeah. My legs grew another inch and went to 31. Yeah, but do you think that would have happened if you didn't have this base already built? That's a great question. I'm a big believer that the squats a good build my base. 100%. I, I am a big believer in that, but I'm also built a squat. Yeah. So, yeah. So I can't like, look how natural it is for me to go deep. The shoes are great, Paul. Or uh, <laughs> John, I love you. I gotta, what shoes are they? I got the Asics or some shit. Wait, I got to go back now. <laughs> These Asics are awesome. Oh my God. I can't even tell what those are. One second. With the white socks. <laughs> this is so great. I wore my socks up high back then even, didn't I? Yeah. Dude, you're a fucking animal. Look how thick your legs are. Yeah, they were. Um, that's 1999. But this is what you looked like the first time I saw you. See how thick you are everywhere? That's from eating a ton of food. So you can't tell people not to eat because this is how I you never, ever, ever tell people they don't have to eat a lot. What I tell them is once you've built the muscle, you'd be surprised at how much you can maintain on lower calories that I you agree with. I never agree with ever that. hear me say you can get huge on low calories. You'll never hear me say that. Okay. I will agree with you 100% because I've been doing, uh, to obviously help my kidney health, I've been doing like three ounce portions of chicken, four ounce, three, four ounces, depending on the size of the chicken breast, whatever a chicken breast is. I get little ones. And I thought, you know, how I, I, I've said this before to you on podcasts. I've said, like, when I increase my protein, I feel stronger. Well, I've decreased my protein probably in half and I just squatted five plates. It's not, right. effect, it's not affecting me. Right. That's what I'm so, saying. Once you've built the muscle, yeah, maintaining it is a different, there's a huge difference between building and maintaining. But I think that's the, I think that's the point that people miss is once you've built the muscle. Yes. yes. You know what I mean? Like it's a, yeah. Okay. Um, I appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, well, hopefully, uh, how much hopefully it's entertaining. How much trouble are you going to get in now for telling people that we're all your placings? <laughs> oh, my God. Moses now, is an idiot. Now Phil's going to hate you. Bodak's going to hate you. All these people are going <laughs> to Well, none of those guys have ever said hi to me anyway, so. Yeah, I know. All right, so, wait a minute. You said you're going to the Olympia? Yes, I'll be there. Are you just walking around, or what are you doing? Just walking around, yeah. Because I thought about going. Yeah, I'm just going to chill, walk around, so. Are you at the host hotel? I will be there Wednesday. I get there Wednesday, yeah. Huh. If I come, you want to train together? I've actually got a video guy coming. Um, Noah can't make it, but I got another video guy, video guy coming, so we could definitely do that. Hmm. It'd be fun, man. I haven't, I haven't seen you in a long time because I want to come over, but they've closed the borders. I know. It's crazy. I know. So. And we're still, like, full go at our gym here, too. What do you mean full go? Like, are they open full go? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when yeah. you come in, you, you know, you, you uh, wear mask. your hands and you yeah. do all that stuff. Yeah. But we're just, we're still operating in normal. I mean, we've had, we've had no COVID cases in our gym. You know, we, you saw we had football this year, obviously. We oh, had, I want to ask you about that too. Sorry, go on. Well, we had like, I, I was posting video highlights and people were like, oh, you're an idiot. You're all going to get COVID. We had no COVID cases in all in football this year. We had no COVID case in the gym. Like, I'm not saying there's, it's not out there. I'm just know, saying that when you take precautions and, yeah. you know. 
So I want to ask you, but before, okay, I'm going to let you go. I know you got stuff to do, but I want to ask you, you put a post up and it looked like you were a head coach of like a college team because the way you were standing and you're coaching like these little kids, but you're all like amped up and you're like windbreaker and shit. And uh, you put a caption and said something about, I don't know. I don't know. It was, I I forget what it was. It was something about dreams or something. I can't remember. Was it real cheesy? It wasn't cheesy. What it made me think was, is John want to be a head football coach at at a college football team? Is that like your dream? Like if somebody said, hey, 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 John, come help us coach Ohio State at Ohio State, would you freak out? I have a very clear vision for what I want in my life. I know you do. So I'm asking you, what is the, what so, is the plan 10 years from now? Here's my vision one to two years from now. Let me start there. Okay. It's to make YouTube videos. Yeah. It's to coach football. Yeah. And it's to work with now this is business stuff this doesn't count my personal goals and things like that okay i'm not saying abandon my family no no (laughs) um and then my third goal would be to continue to coach a smaller group of athletes like i do now yeah yeah so um because i do i do enjoy that i do enjoy i do enjoy coaching yeah but um football doesn't go all year round although i study all year round football like like look let me give an example like right here in front of me these are plays i've been sitting here drawing up there's a we don't even have football right now. It's over. I'm yeah. still drawing up plays. Okay, listen. This is the reason I brought this up because I know how crazy you are. I know how crazy you got when you got into coaching because you told me all the stories about all the stuff you did to maximize your clients and make sure they're all doing well and all the stuff. And now I feel like your that energy has just been moved to football. And I'm like, how far is he going to go in football? Because I could actually see you, you know, coaching for a, fo- a college football team or something. So is that the goal? Like, is that what you want to do? I, I would like to coach at the highest level I can. I will tell you this in the next month to two months, you'll, you'll hear an, you'll hear an announcement for me regarding football coaching. You said this last time you came on the podcast, you said something about having a meeting with a Congress person or some shit. And you said, I was going to hear some announcement. I never heard an announcement. Oh, I'm not sure what the heck I was talking about then. Um, okay. You just like to leave people hanging. <laughs> no, no, I'm not Kai Green. Um, uh, I um, I love coaching. I love it. Yeah. And like, when I put my mind to something, I'm a psycho about it. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I did good this year in the youth league because, no disrespect to the other coaches, but I think some of them just kind of like it's fun for them. They mm-hmm. get to do something after work. Yep. And listen it's a volunteer job and those guys are awesome. They're volunteering their own time to coach and that's very noble of them. But you know what I was doing? Mm. I was sitting here watching videos, studying, reading, drawing up plays for hours every day, watching film on how I could beat this guy. If I watched film from a game, I watched it a minimum of 11 times because I want, well, 22 times because I watched every single kid through the whole video of their game. And then I would rewind it and watch another kid until I'd watched everyone on their whole team. So I knew exactly who to attack. I knew exactly what to do. And tell like, her, tell her, tell her, right? tell everybody how tell everybody how old your kids are. Eleven. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You're like I know who to attack. They're eleven year olds, man. <laughs> like, yeah. So here's the best part about it. Yeah. Our quarterback. So we have. I told you we have a draft. Blah blah blah. Yeah. We have evaluations. We had the number one pick on the draft this year. Okay. It goes one – we had four teams in Pickering. So it goes one, two, three, four, four, three, two, one, one, two, three, four. I took a fourth grader 
is our number one pick. Okay. Okay. He let people are like, you're going to take a nine year old. Yeah. He's your number one pick. Are you serious? Yeah. He led the, have you watched my highlights? I, I watched some of them when they come up on Instagram. Yeah. You remember number four, the quarterback? No, I don't. I don't. Okay. Well, he led the league in passing and touchdown passes. Yeah. He was the most dangerous kid in the whole league. <laughs> At nine years old? At nine years old. And he's throwing like, okay, so here's one thing I would like for people to do. Go to my YouTube and watch my football highlights for the year. I'm, go, I'm going right now. One second. One second. Let's, let's just all watch it together. Skip through the part where I'm talking at the beginning and, and start to go to the highlights. Okay, one sec. So if you guys live under a rock and you're not following John, follow John. It's Mountain Dog One. Is it this here? No, no, this is Instagram. But scroll down though. I love, but but I love how serious you are. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. Well, okay. scroll through those pictures. <laughs> like scroll through those pictures. Like go to the go to the right. I love yeah, this. that's this, Jonathan in the All Star Game. This is awesome. That's great. You look so intense. I'm like, how could they not play hard for you? Oh, they, those kids played awesome. There he is, number four. That's Emac. So where did you find this kid, and how did you know he was going to be so good? I saw played two years ago, and um, he's also uh, one of the top track athletes. Look at that. Who's <laughs> crazy? I'm crazy. You know you are. <laughs> um, but anyway, so scroll down, keep on going down, and we'll um, – Okay, right there. Go go back up. Here? Now, go back up over to San Diego Chargers guy there in the middle. Right over top of him. Right there. Click on that. Like, that's – this is from the championship game. Where is he? Okay, so that's a cross buck. Fake one way. Go the other way. That's number 11, Darren. Yeah. But you guys are the purple, aren't you? No, we're in the black. In oh, this you're in the black. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Okay, oh, watch the nose number, guard. Watch the nose guard. Yeah. Number 88. Yeah. Slide out. Pick it off and return it for a touchdown. These are your highlights. That's that our nose guard. That's, that's a fast. That's a fast nose guard, man. That nose guard is nasty. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's gang, ta uh, gang tackling. I like it. We preached gang tackling, man. Yeah. Preached yeah. it. There, that was Jonathan to miss that tackle, fifty-seven. But you see, everybody else came yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, they're there. This okay. Is here's another gang tackle. Yeah, you coached now, him well. Now I want you to watch this. Watch till the end because I want you to see this pass. So here's another. 81, his dad played in the NFL. His name is Noah Dumas. His dad's name was uh, James Dumas. Okay. Um, here he is again, pressuring to the inside, good gang tackling. Yeah. Oh, there's now number watch four. This, watch there's number four. He's so, he's so fast. Oh, <laughs> he's <shit>. real fast. <laughs> That's so great. Now watch this next play. This is he, an NFL play. He can throw too. Look. Oh, my God. Boom. Touchdown. Look at you in the middle of the field. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome, man. I like yeah. that. You know what? Good for you. So that was more enjoyable for me than any bodybuilding contest I ever entered. That's how much fun I had. Yeah. That's I how much it. fulfillment I got out of that. I can see it in your face when you're running around the field right here. Yeah. Where are you? Let me go. Let me find it. That's the best part. The best part of this whole highlight. I think that was it. There you are. <laughs> yeah. Look at yeah. you in the middle of the field. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen you jumping around like that at a bodybuilding show, that's for sure. Yeah, no, you won't see that. That's great, man. You know what, man? I'm happy that you found something that you're that passionate about. That's great because a lot of us just stick to bodybuilding. We don't do anything else. And it's cool yeah. that you found something else that you love like that. Yeah. And it's awesome that you can do it with your kids too. 
Yeah, it's um, it's amazing just watching them get better and better and watching their confidence build up. And um, it's obviously teaching them a lot of life lessons that I, that I hope make them better kids. Mm-hmm. I hope make some better young men and better adults too. Let me ask you this. My brother coached me when I was, when I played football uh, when I was younger. And it was always weird for me because he was my brother, but he, <clears throat> you know, he's talking to their kids and giving them credit and always helping them. And I'm like, hey, you're my brother, right? So is it hard for your kids – because you're their dad and you're helping all these other kids and they may not be the best players on the team and there's better players. And how does that dynamic all work out? And are they okay with it? Are you guys, is dad still coach when he goes home or is dad dad when he goes home? I, it's so hard for me because I try to dad be just dad when I go home. Yeah. But it's so hard for me because I want to say, you know, Alexander, why didn't you just do this? Why don't you do this? I need you to do this. It's so hard to turn that off. Yeah. Because I see so much potential. Like yeah. I can yeah. see Alexander and Jonathan and I see the potential. It's like all they got to do is is this, this, and this. Something clicks and they're going to be okay. Yeah. But at the same time, man, they're 11 years old. Yeah. I want them to be kids. I want them to enjoy the experience. I want them to be happy. And I think this year they were very happy. I think they had a really fun season. But you're right. At some point you got to back off and it's got to be fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it has to be fun now most people will tell you it's real fun to win mm-hmm. um but at the same time you know i want them to be kids so and in practice like you know you always hear you got to treat everybody equal and all that that's true to a point but there's also another and this is the same with coaching and bodybuilding i treat everyone the exact same okay that sounds good on the outside but people react differently to different, like, I feel like I could be a lot harder on you than somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I can say, come on, man, you got to get it together. Yeah. Where if I say that to someone else, they might break down and they might not be able to handle it. Yeah. So it's the same thing with coaching kids. Like there's some kids I can be really hard on, mm-hmm, but there's mm-hmm. some kids I got to be careful because mentally they're not, they're, they're not the same. They're not all, well, let me tell you a really cool story. Sure. So we had our team, we had a kid on our team this year. And he was a little different. He was a little different. And he had a very unique communication style. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really, I didn't really understand him. I didn't understand if he was just was disinterested because when you talk to him, he would kind of look around like this. Yeah. And I was trying to understand if he was just disinterested and he didn't want to play or what it was. Yeah. So we finally developed what we thought was a pretty good role for him. Mm-hmm. And then he started playing really well, particularly toward the end of the season. He started playing really well. And you could see his confidence skyrocketing. Yeah. And his mom came to me and his mom said, um, I don't really tell people this, but he has autism. Oh, okay. So now let's say that I beat and yelled at him like I might do Alexander. How do you think he would have reacted to that? That's right. That's right. If I took the attitude, I treat everybody the same. That's right. He would not have reacted well to that. Yeah. So I was glad I didn't beat him up. I just tried to like, let's just find something he really enjoys. Yeah. Turns out he really liked playing one particular position. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good. As long as he was in that position, he did well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a really good point because I tell people all the time when they ask me like, who should I go to for coaching? Or is this guy good for coaching? Or is that guy good for coaching? I'm like, it really depends on what style you deal with best. Yeah. You know, like some coaches like, like Patrick tour, he's like a drill sergeant this is how it is. This is how it goes. If you can't do it, you suck. And some people respond really well to that. 
Yeah. Um, you, you're a little bit more laid back. There's a little bit more conversation. There's a little bit more give and take. Um, Chris Aceto is like no, nowhere to be found. He's like, here's an email, do what you're supposed to do. And it's basically all through email. There's not really any like hard conversations. Um, I shouldn't say nowhere to be found in a bad way. I meant like, yeah, there's no, it's, it's more X's and O's than anything. Um, so like, yeah, everybody has a different style. So I guess like it's the same, it's the same thing for us trying to find a coach as it is for the coach trying to coach people. You got to find the people, the two personalities that fit. So yeah, it's interesting. You can't, it's not possible to treat everybody the same. It's not, you can't do that. Yeah. I don't think so. No. Um, well, John, I'm happy that you found uh, something that you're that passionate about, man. It's great. And uh, I appreciate you coming on. And I hope we didn't cause too much controversy with our Olympia picks. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, if I can get out next week uh, to the Olympia, I will text you first. and Maybe we can set up a video shoot or something. Perfect. Perfect. Right, Just man. holler. Okay, John. Thank you very much for the time, brother. We'll, we'll All right. Talk, talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you. Bye.